Hello, lady leaders. Our leaders, if you're a man listening to this as well. Uh, thank you for tuning in to The Military Woman and so much more. I am your host, Sharika Labrie. Today, I have joining me a good old friend of mine, Miss Arlene de la Pena Menendorf. Uh, she is here to talk about a tragic accident to her leg and her her hip and her lower body pretty much it was a severe burn that she she got while on terminal leave so we're here for any people who are very new to the army and you're always wondering why why do i have to fill out this paperwork this da31 to go on leave this is one of the main reasons why so arlene's here to tell us the story really of what she went through while on terminal leave in mexico and then what has life been after, which has been really exciting. And I am so excited to follow her on her journey as she progresses on. So she is not only a super nurse, but she is in the entertainment business. And you might have seen her in one of the USA commercials as Kate or Katie, but she'll tell you about it. <laughs> so thank you, Arlene, for joining us on the Military Woman's Podcast and take it away. First of all, oh my gosh, Sharika, I'm so proud of you for everything that you're doing for our community. It is fabulous and amazing. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see where your podcast and all your other aspirations lead you. Um, you. Just a background note about me and Sharika, we go way back. Oh my gosh, when was this? Like 2011? No, 2014. I don't know. <laughs> 14. Maybe he's 14. Time yeah, flies. Yeah. I, got, I got to El Paso before you and then you came right after me and and uh, we were both working in the ICU and we had our moments of rock star days and and uh, just really having a great team mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's so fabulous that we're finally co-located in yeah. the beautiful state of Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Again, it's, um, you know, the Army is a small world yeah. and the Army Nurse Corps is truly a uh, to a high school feel, you know, like you're going <laughs> to run into everybody and your mother if you hang out long enough. And right. so definitely you know, keep in touch with everybody uh, in any means. And I feel like it's always a recurring theme when you run into people that you haven't seen in so long and you just pick up right where you left off. Oh and, my gosh, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, hey girl, tell me about your last six years of life. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked for like hours <laughs> so it was it was good yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's truly amazing our our sisterly and brotherly bonds amongst you know all of our peers is, mm-hmm. is truly amazing and I feel very fortunate um to have served with Sharika along with all of the other people that uh, we've met along the way so it's it's a fabulous feeling absolutely I'm like, where should I start? I don't know where to start, Sharika. No, well, <laughs> there's so start. much. I know it is, and we we. I don't want to keep the listeners on more than an hour. And your story, and you're a good storyteller too. So let's start. So you are. Well, first off, you were serving uh, as a brigade, or no? What was it? A um. Brigade not a brigade counselor. nurse counselor. It wasn't a brigade nurse counselor. Okay, I, for some reason I thought it was recruitment for a second. A re- brigade nurse counselor. Um, and you thought you were going to be the next general of the army, you know, nurse corps, <laughs> you were going to be in for 30 plus years. Right. And then life, life hits us. Right. So your husband, uh, is a urologist. Uh, he had his commitment somewhere else. The army could not join y'all together and you decided to pick family first. Is that correct? 
That is correct. Yes. So, so the original plan was that he was supposed to join me in Washington state while I was serving as a brigade nurse counselor for Western region. Mm-hmm. Um, hi to all of my former cadets, probably now <laughs> captains. <laughs> um, it was a while ago when I did that and, um, and it didn't work out. It didn't work out in the sense that branch couldn't co-locate us together. We knew that he was going to go to fellowship somewhere. We didn't know where yet. And so I was geographically separated, um, uh, from my husband and I had taken our one-year-old with me to Washington state. And so, um, you know, I, I tried to work it out with branch. It didn't, it didn't pan out. And so I had to make the decision, you know, either, get together in our next next duty station which would be years or um you know decide to exit because i was already uh, completed with my commitment and uh and so when we talked about it as a family because you just you know you never know when that moment is going to hit you like wait a minute i can't do what i want to do you know and i'm not going to get all the things that i really hope for and the timing of it. And there were other things going on because my father had just suddenly died of pancreatic cancer too. So I was really supporting my mom um, and other family members. And we, we kind of had to look at the big picture. And so um, once we kind of discussed it, you know, I was like, I, well, I can always go to anesthesia school outside of the army. You know, I can still, you know, pursue my dreams of uh, getting my doctorates and all these other things. And, um, and my husband was like, yeah, you know, do whatever you want to do. I'll support you. Um, Cause both of us didn't want to be geographically separated. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So uh, fast forward, um, you know, I had already put in my packet and I had about two and a half uh, weeks of terminal leave left. I used my leave appropriately guys. Y'all who are the, like at like 70, losers, 80 days. You know, like, <laughs> come on, come on. Let, let's, Let's take care of this vacation time, right? Y'all should go on vacation. That's as only often because as y'all possible. were separated. <laughs> that is the only reason. Otherwise, <laughs> e- even when we were co-located, we uh-huh. tried to travel as much as possible, you know, and go places. Like if I can get a pass, I was like, I'll take a pass. You know, <laughs> right? You just right. gotta do what you gotta do to keep your own sanity, right? That's true. That's uh, true. So we had a lot of really cool vacation times, and um. So two and a half weeks, right? And uh, we had uh, weddings on both sides of our family. Um, my husband's cousin was getting married in Mexico, and then my cousin was getting married in the Philippines. So the original plan was three days in Mexico, fly to San Francisco with my family, um, and then go to the Philippines for big reunion. I was maid of honor for my cousin's wedding, and then everything we planned out just changed. So um, as everybody knows, you need to put in a DA-31. Um, for, you know, leaving whatever the installation AO is, right? So uh, some places it's like 200 miles, 250 or whatever it is. Um, You have to put in paperwork for accountability purposes. Um, And I know some of y'all, some of y'all don't like to put it, like you can get away with it, but there are huge repercussions if you do not put in that DA-31. Luckily, I work for a brigade commander. And so you know, the whole S1 shop is like right down the hall for me. And it was actually very easy to put in my paperwork. It's just, you know, the big stack versus in the hospital setting, you got to go through like, I don't know, it's like the Olympic of obstacles to get (laughs) paperwork signed. And it takes like months. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I know it's not months, but you guys know what I mean. It takes a long time. It's not like, you know, 
it's not like two days later you get everything back. Um, and so because of my position as a brigade nurse counselor, and I did have to travel a lot for work, I was very familiar with, um, you know, government credit cards and uh, putting in, you know, all of my paperwork. Uh, but for leave, you know, you have to do additional things. So one of the things in the packet, it says that you have to scope out the nearest hospitals. Um, and that was something that I did even with just my work, you know, because you never know. I mean, I I felt like as a, a brigade nurse counselor at BNC, I actually never really spent that much time in Washington because I was always on the, you know, on a plane because mm -hmm. uh, geographically we were very far from all the other schools. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I, I was always on a plane somewhere and just in a new place trying to figure out where I'm going. Um, and so I was kind of used to all those steps, uh, which is helpful because you should do that in your like civilian life too, <laughs> just like <laughs> for your own awareness in case something happens. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we did all these things and, and, uh, and my husband of course had to do his long packet um, from El Paso too. And, um, and he would actually go on a lot of school trips with me. Well, he would take leave and make sure he had time for Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but he never went with me to Idaho. I was like, why not? You know, I know it's um, So, you. you know, we had been in for over a decade at this point, like both of us. So um, anyhow, you know, we, we kind of did like our checklist and all of that. And then we went to Mexico. Wedding was beautiful. And then the big fire accident happened uh, where it basically was uh, taken out by this portable metal fire pit that was lit for the ambiance of the wedding. And it was picked up by this rogue wave. I had my back to the ocean. Um, and our son uh, was a little over two years old. And um, on the other side of him was my husband who was at the highest point of the beach. And it basically, you know, the, this fire pit rode the wave and it hit me and only me. And I didn't know what was happening because I was just like, is that hot or is that cold? It, it all happened very fast. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, I had um, pretty deep burns. Uh, I had second degree, almost converted to third degree burns. Um, a lot of nurses out there, y'all will know that second degree is extremely painful. Uh, third degree, you're, you're, you've lost nerve endings, but that doesn't mean the surrounding tissues around that third degree burn, you know, aren't second degree burns, right? So, so basically I got branded. Um, and I got branded two inches below gluteal fold from the top rim um, of this fire pit. And then the bottom rim got mid calf. It hit me and then it slid down. So like, just like, just like took flesh with it. Oh. <laughs> so, it's kind of graphic. Um, it, it was intense. I didn't have any um, pain medication or anything until I got back to the United States, which was like a day and a half later. Um, and so anyhow, all those things that we did in the DA31, checking out the hospitals and the capabilities and like all that jazz, uh, it all came to play. Uh, and we actually went to the hospital that I had scoped out. Oh, wow. um, and the experience there was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, everybody always talks about, oh yeah, Mex Mexico, the hospitals are fabulous. They give you all these things. And I didn't go to one of those. <laughs> it was very you scoped out the wrong one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they didn't even give me any 
opioids for like open wounds, you know, from fire. And uh, they gave me, oh my gosh, it was, it was um, 10 milligrams of Toradol PO. So just a pill, uh, which isn't even like a standard dose um, in the United States. Uh, I was hoping for IV. I didn't get anything IV. I got an antibiotic, which, you know, the drugs are different overseas, like Uh different countries, you know, they have different things. And so, um, so yeah, it, it was, it was pretty brutal. Um, and so we left Mexico, um, actually, I'm sorry, when we were in, when we were in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you have to understand when there's an accident, you have to notify your command right away. You know, you need to reach out for help. So we called TRICARE right away. Um, we made sure before we left that one of our cell phones had an international plan. So we weren't stuck. You know, and that that way the um, the phone bill wouldn't be horrendous. You know, going overseas, and then um, and so we called Tricare, and then we called uh, I think it was either the EXO or um, somebody at Brigade. We called just to notify them, like, hey, this is what's going on. I was in an accident. I'm in this hospital. Please send a bird immediately. Please send you know, the Air Force and whatever we could do, I need to get back to the United States. We made it to uh, the hospital and they gave me uh, 10 milligrams of Toradol PO. So just a pill, nothing IV. Uh, It was a very brutal experience, very humbling. And so, um, you know, once we were there, we knew that we had to contact the army right away. Uh, And so um, we contacted TRICARE first. Um, the International TRICARE uh, number, and we also contacted, I believe it was um, the Brigade XO, um, just to notify people. And I think we emailed my counterpart, um, Brigade Nurse Counselor as well, just to let everybody know like, okay, this is what's going on, because it was pretty late at night already. I think it was almost midnight uh, Mm -hmm. when we started contacting people in Mexico on the West Coast. So uh, we just put feelers out there and we just, you know, told them uh, I was in a fire accident. I'm in a hospital right now. I need a bird. Send me a bird to get me back to the United States as soon as possible. I don't want to die in Mexico. You know, know, in my head, I was like, oh, they're just going to send the Air Force. They'll come and get me and all of that. Um, And so, you know, it was just a waiting game. Um, And you know, we, I, I think back to all of those steps and I don't think as a regular person who travels, I don't think I really thought about those things prior to the army, right? Where when you go overseas, every place that your, your destination is stopping at, do you know where the closest hospital is? Do you know their capabilities? Who do you call in case uh, something happens? Cause you know, people just want to go on vacation and never think anything bad, but, mm-hmm. um, as a planner and as somebody, you know, serving in the military, you should be doing all of those things to protect yourself and your family members. Um, mm-hmm. Because the consequences, if you do not turn in a DA-31 and you try to sneak away, you are gonna end up paying for everything that happens to you. Um, and so uh, the brigade commander came through and actually sent a plane 
Uh, it was not the Air Force like I thought was going to happen. Uh, they actually sent me a Lear 35 private jet with a nurse on board to give me pain medications. Nice. Um, and so just to kind of paint the scenario, it took about um, another day and a half before the bird came for us, right? Um, and at that same time, because you know, as ICU nurses, we're a small bunch. Uh, I had reached out to my friends out in San Antonio in the burn unit and just showed them pictures of uh, what the next day looked like, uh, which was horrendous. I mean, there was necrotic skin, like I was swollen. It looked infected already. Um, it was pretty bad, pretty painful. And they actually um, saw that my name was on some kind of manifest for incoming patients already before I was even notified by TRICARE, the flight plans. And so that was nice to know that, you know, I could reach out to people and they can kind of help guide me and give me information as well, because it, there's a lag, you know, you don't get instant, um, information like that. Um, and so that's always tough too. So, yeah, so, you know, like we, um, we had packed for two and a half weeks. So we have like these huge luggages maxed out at 50 pounds each, like three big luggages because our plan for the two and a half weeks was Mexico three days, fly to San Francisco for one, then go to the Philippines for two, two weeks. Right. And so, you know, like here comes like this beautiful Lear 35 private jet. Like I've never been on a private jet, right? So like, I'm just like, ooh, I'm Virgie, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're like, you can only bring 15 kilograms of luggage with you. And I was like, oh my God, like, what are we gonna do? And so, um, yeah, we had to just, we had to ship our three big luggages only take the essentials with us to San Antonio on the plane. Um, and, and then we had to like shipping the luggage itself was more expensive than one plane ticket going back and forth to go pick it up and bring it back, you know? And so, but we're like, at this point, I mean, I couldn't walk, I couldn't like do anything. I was like, let's just get to the burn unit. Right. Like let's get to San Antonio. And so, uh, it was pretty neat. Arlene, did you have like someone working with you in Mexico to do all this? Or were you like, uh, let's find the shipping place to ship our luggage and, you know, all of that kind of stuff? Or was it just like, here, y'all figure it out. Thank you. I'm getting on the plane. (laughs) We're going to the burn unit. Right. I mean, you know, TRICARE, they told us they're the ones who are coordinating the flight uh, with us. And my husband Mm kind of dealt with most of it. Um, And I think, you know, with the plane standard, they said you can only take this much. And then he had to coordinate uh, with like a shipping company or airline or something to have our big luggages sent um, back to San Antonio or back to Washington state is where we sent okay. everything. So that way a it was- A lot of small details. So if right. you like alone and this happened, right. Like this is a, a lot to take on, right. Yeah, travel with a battle buddy, or at least let people know where you're going. Right. Don't be that that lone ranger out there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just never know what's going to happen. Buddies are <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know the the um, as far as like the pickup, I think Tricare also coordinated with the ambulances to get me from um, from the hotel that we were staying at to the airport in Mexico. 
Um, and, you know, we had to send in like all of our passport information because we weren't going through regular customs like you would going, um, you know, through a regular airport, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we landed at the tarmac in San Antonio International Airport and there was an ambulance already waiting for us. And so they put us in the ambulance. We got to, um, to, Samsi. <laughs> I always want to call it Bamsi. I grew up in San Antonio. So uh, um, we got to uh, the Army Hospital in San Antonio and immediately I was triaged into um, uh, their trauma bay in the ER and then admitted immediately right after that. Okay. And so um, that whole time though, you know, you're still in contact with your unit, um, mm-hmm. just letting them know every step of the way. Um, I, you know, I had so many phone calls, but it was so tough because I, I didn't get any true pain medication until, you know, the day and a half later when mm-hmm. I was on the plane, you know, where there's a nurse who actually gave me morphine for the first time. And so anybody who's been burned, I mean, I, I feel like girls, you know, we're so used to like curling our hairs and curling irons and flat irons that like we've all accidentally, you know, like, yep, I have one right in my forehead. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or people who cook a lot, you know, guys too, mm-hmm. you know, like a grease fire or well, not grease fire, but you know, like little birds yeah. here and there and it's painful and it's just like right. such a small thing. And when here I am, it's the back of my legs and I can't even sit properly, you know, mm-hmm. um, even, you know, just thinking about flying, you know, I, I was, I was in a reclined position and um, it was, it was almost like this, like, not like really, oh, kind of like a gurney um, on the plane. Um, mm-hmm. It was clearly like a medical uh, private jet, right? But it was still like super uncomfortable uh, just sitting um, in a normal state because when your nerves are are severed, you know, they're just firing. So there, mm-hmm. it was constant pain. It's not like you sit on it and it hurts. No, I could be like, standing or laying in the prone position. It's just, it's constant pain. And I, I don't think I had ever experienced that before. Uh, so I was like, okay, this is new. <laughs> right? like, do I breathe? How do I breathe this? Like, what do I do? So anyhow, um, yeah, I was in the burn unit, the step down burn unit, because they see all the golf fires and all mm-hmm. the uh, big, uh, big cases there. Uh, and I was there for about I was there for two weeks. Um, and then we were able to fly back home on a commercial flight, um, back to Washington state. Uh, and then my mom who, you know, she, my whole family continued on to the Philippines, um, for our cousin's wedding. So I had to call her and be like, mom, I need you to come back because Andrew has to go back to Texas. And I have Vincent, you know, our son, can you come back? And so of course she came back and, uh, cause I couldn't even do my own wound care, which mm-hmm. is very frustrating, you know, because like I had to do wound care, um, changing my bandages and everything twice a day. And mm-hmm. so, um, luckily my mom is a retired nurse. So she was able to help out with that. And I think, um, my mom and my husband, Andrew only had about like an hour or two, uh, overlap time in Washington state. And then, you know, he had to go bring her to the airport or, or my mom had to bring Andrew to the airport and, 
he had to fly back to San Antonio or El Paso. Right. You know, so it, it was very frustrating, like just being geographically separated, having a two-year-old, you know, and mm-hmm. then going from being able to run around and, you know, have such high energy and doing things for myself, and then literally having to rely on everybody around me to do everything. I couldn't drive. I couldn't really stand to prepare my meals, you know, even going to the bathroom and, and um, just taking a shower was like a two hour ordeal. It was hard. It was very, very humbling. Um, With all of that said, you know, it, it changed my life in the most positive way. I don't regret any of it. I'm, I'm happy um, that I experienced that and I learned from it and it really taught me patience um, to prioritize what's really important in life. Because as Sharika had mentioned, you know, I thought I was going to be in 30 plus years. I was going to go for that star, you know, like I love the army and, you know, I was so stubborn with it. I mean, like, it's good to have these goals, but you got to be realistic too. Right. And I'm a firm believer. Yes, you can have it all, but what does all really mean? You know, all could it changes. It's fluid. It changes as your life changes, right? Like when you get married, like you can't be like, well, I'm going to go and do this. No, now you have another person that you actually have to be considerate about and and vice versa. Right. And then when you have kids, it's like, Oh, well, what about the kids? You know, it's a team effort, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like a basketball team. You can't just like be this all-star person and think you're going to win games. No, like you need to learn to pass. You need to learn, you know, to help each other out. And, and listen to each other, right? Mm. So um, I ended up extending my ETS date or my exit date from the army, uh, which was, um, it was shy of 10 years. So it was like nine years and some change when I got out. And I extended it just to ensure that my burn care was covered because I was going through extensive physical therapy um, at Washington, um, at JBLM. Um, and then my husband, uh, got picked up for fellowship at UCLA in Los Angeles. So we knew we were going to California. So all these things were kind of happening. And, you know, at this point, like I'm like all doped up, right? <laughs> like I'm like, on, like all these like really good medications, you know, um, uh, for pain, uh, you know, nerve pain, especially, I think I was maxed out on Neurontin, which is a really weird drug. Um, and I'm very sensitive to all medications too. Um, but I needed something to help function because that chronic pain was so overwhelming. Um, you know, it's like, you just couldn't think straight, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't even drive legally. So I was just like, Oh my goodness. And then of course, as we're like going in, cause this happened in late February of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, my original ETS date was April And then we push it out to May for the coverage. Right. And of course, like what happens in, in, you know, late March, (laughs) early April is my grandfather is now dying on my mom's side. So she had to go back to the Philippines, um, you know, to be there for him Mm -hmm. and then plan, you know, the funeral and everything else. And I actually had to cut all my medications cold Turkey, uh, which was really, really hard. Because wow. Andrew was wrapping up everything in El Paso, you know, getting ready to move for fellowship. And then here I am, like, by myself. Um, and my brigade was so gracious. I mean, they they were like, whatever time you need off, like, it's okay. 
but I felt like I had this, like, you know, this obligation to my cadets and, and honestly, like I needed something to just kind of distract my mind mm-hmm. and look forward to something because I'm not used to just sitting around, you know? And, and so once like all the medication stopped, I was like, okay, this is going to be brutal, but I'm going to do what I got to do. And so like, my stubbornness, right? <laughs> you just persevere through whatever craziness. Oh my gosh. Stubborn. I'm a Leo. It's okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, I just like chugging along and, um, and yeah, you know, I, I still had all my appointments. I was still trying to reach out to my cadets to make sure that they were okay because they were graduating soon. Um, and, you know, scholarships are on the line and all that. And, uh, and so I was able to kind of work remotely from home and still get a lot of things done with the help of the other BNC um, and, you know, the rest of our team. So my ETS day uh, got pushed back to the end of May. And um, by this time, you know, I was like, okay, like now it's time to move to California. My mom is still in the Philippines taking care of all the funeral arrangements. Mm-hmm you know, what do we do? And we had to move uh, from two locations from uh, Washington state and El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, cause my mom, uh, you know, my dad had passed the year before and she, her plan was to always stay with us. We also had to go back to San Antonio and get all her things. So it was really three different places oh to my gosh. in Los Angeles. So we had a lot of road trips. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh. And- I mean, I'm over here yeah. like that whole Hawaii trip just took me out and I couldn't even imagine three, three <laughs> different locations. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause you always have your movers that move everything, but right. then like you can always do like your partial ditty if you could drive to a location. Right. And so right. Um, we we're kind of like doing all of that and helping my mom, um, you know, take care of the things in the San Antonio house. Cause you know, she didn't get rid of everything right away. You know, and, and so it's like, man, you know, like there's so much stuff there and just so much to plan. Right. So right. with all these long road trips, you know, and I'm this extreme extrovert, so I could like talk forever. And then my husband, he's like this extreme introvert, you know, and he talks to me a lot. Don't get me wrong. But like, I feel like there's like a limit <laughs> of, like, how much he can like really like tolerate. Um, <laughs> yeah, his focus will be like, okay, let's go back to being silent, right? Um, <laughs> with all of these discussions and, um, you know, in May, so this is like, you know, a few months after um, the whole like fire accident, he asked me, you know, what do you want to do with your life? You know, what do you want to, um, do you want to go back to the ICU? Do you want to go to anesthesia school? Do you want to run a hospital, be a stay at home mom? you know, just kind of like thinking all these things. And I mean, like, he like literally has now seen me at my worst, right? Like I was like this zombie. And then all of a sudden, like you cut off all the meds and it's like, here comes crazy Arlene. You know? <laughs> like, what are we going to get today? <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's very like even keel, you know, like he's just like so happy all the time. Just like very mellow. Right. Okay. Or like, okay. I'm just like all over the okay. <laughs> And so I just like, you know, I don't, I really didn't know how to answer him because my perspective had changed, right? Mm-hmm. My perspective went from, you know, I want to be a general in the Army News Corps one day. I want to go to anesthesia school in the Army, my career, blah, 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 me, 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 to God, I just want to be able to walk. 
without a limp. You know, I want to be able to walk more than, I don't know, half a mile, you right. know, like, can I stand without pain? Like it was so simple what I wanted out of my life um, to be medication free, to just laugh again and, and not feel, um, you know, all this pressure that I kept putting on myself to just go back to normal. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and you never go back to like a previous normal. You just have a new normal. Right. right. <laughs> like, you know, it's like transitions of life, right? When you get married, like you have now a new normal when you have a baby or multiple babies, like there's now a new normal. So, you know, I, I had all this time to think. And, um, and so when he asked me that question, I didn't know how to answer that. I was just like, I don't know. You know, like I saw what old age looks like now. We're like, I'm like, you know, handicapped having to use the electric wheelchairs, you know, at every store we're at, like, like I didn't even have like a handicap placard, which is, I, I opted not to do because I wanted to force myself to walk. Wow. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't be this young dude. Like, like I want to be able to dance again. Right. <laughs> like, and you're a runner, I, right? I, I, I remember you doing a lot of races back in El Paso. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do a lot of races and, um, you know, just always active. Like it just feels good to be out and about mm -hmm. and, you know, try to push yourself. Right. And so just going to the bathroom is so painful. <laughs> so like, you know, I was like, what do I do? Uh, and then, you know, I, I, after I told him, like, I don't know, I asked him, I was like, well, if you could do anything with your life, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And he simply said, I would be a surgeon. And I was like, oh my God, that is so boring, you know, because he's already a surgeon and he's like, great. Like my goals in life was to become a surgeon and to become, you know, a husband and father. And I mm -hmm. literally have everything that I've ever wanted and I'm happy. I wouldn't change right. it. And, Applause, in my head, like, Andrew. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you don't have other goals. Like, I feel like I'm constantly like, I want this, I want that. This, right, this, right. You know? Every day, something different, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean you achieved your goals already? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, there's so much more to achieve. And, um, you know, it just really hit me. And, and I was like, huh. And, um, you know, like I, I thought about, okay, well, we're going to be in Los Angeles. I saw what old age is like. If I die tomorrow, what's something that I can say that I did that'd be really cool that like there's no restrictions and whatever, you know, what could I say that I did with my life? And look back on it and be like, I did that. Mm -hmm. And and so I I kind of half jokingly said to him, Well, if we're gonna be in LA, I might as well become an actor. And he dead seriously was like, Okay. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. <laughs> Can we take that financial hit? Because you know, I have goals <laughs> right now to maintain. I'm used to making my own six-figure income. Like, oh, right. I don't know, you know, like the Broke actor's lifestyle is a real thing. You know? <laughs> and, you know, he's just such like a pure optimist and he's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Like we'll be okay. And, and luckily both of us are very um, financially uh, competent and conscious. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're not really big spenders unless, you know, it's something we really want. We'll save for it and then we'll go for it. You know, on the daily, mm -hmm. we're, we're pretty frugal. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was like, okay, well, if you think that we'll be fine financially, then I'll try something, you know? And I had no idea, like, where to start. I mean, 
it wasn't one of my life goals, you know? It was for that day. (laughs) Right? Like, I was like, why did I say this out loud? Like, okay, well, if I said it, I'm going to have to go through with something now. And um, and so once we got to Los Angeles, like, I, I just Googled and I yelped and I was like, what do I do? Like, is this really what I want to do? With the understanding, like, I still can only stand for four hours a day. You're like, mm-hmm. who's going to hire me <laughs> to, like, be an actor? And I'm like, you know, like, handicapped still. Um, and so I took the summer, uh, once we got to Los Angeles, to force myself to walk for long periods by going to Disneyland, Magic Mountain, you know, all of these, like, different um, uh, theme parks, Universal Studios, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I learned to rewalk again, you know, and, and it took me about six months. And then once I got to that six month mark, um, you know, cause there, there's different um, types of acting schools out there. So I decided to go to a comedy school because I felt like my life is so dreary right now. <laughs> like I need something to laugh about. <laughs> and you know, if you could do comedy, I feel like you could pretty much do anything uh-huh. uh, in the entertainment world. And so, yeah, I started off doing, um, uh, I started off at an acting uh, comedy school, which was really fun. Um, and I just started self-submitting to audition. And my very first audition, I actually booked a national commercial with USAA. Uh, unfortunately, it never aired because they had changed um, advertising companies. So it was on hold for two years and I never saw the footage, but it came full circle when in 2019, uh, I was already here in Hawaii. Um, I had already, you know, built up my resume in Los Angeles um, on the indie side of the house and um, on the producing side. So both in front and uh, behind the camera and, and yeah. And so I, I had auditioned for this casting director before, you know, with my very first audition. Right. And it, it, like the, the breakdown was like, so me that I was like, you know, it was asked like the character uh, breakdown was, you know, um, a military nurse um, of Asian descent <laughs> in their thirties drama, and I was like, "Oh me!" <laughs> I was like, this is, "This is good. This is too good." And and knowing this casting director, I think always helped too. You know, she's already seen me audition a few times in person because I know um, for them, uh, they really like to see people in person. And, you know, this is pre-COVID and all that. And I was like, I'm in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Can we make this work out? And, uh, and yeah. And, and I felt really good about um, the audition tape that I had sent in. And luckily, you know, like, you know, because if they don't want you, you just don't hear anything. There's not this, like, Uh I'm sorry, you didn't get it. Like, it's just, it's silence. You get ghosted, right? Like, Uh you can't ask. Well, at least they don't tell you no. You don't have to hear the no, no, no. You just like, well, okay, I guess I didn't get it. (laughs) Right, yeah. You hear nothing. You just move on, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, usually, you know, when you do your first audition, you do, like, some type of callback, and you do another audition. And then after that, depending on the type of project, either you'll do another callback or you'll find out if if you got it. And luckily I didn't even have to do a callback. Like two weeks later, she was like, congratulations, you got it. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my God. And then she's like, wait, and you have a son too, right? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And so it was really neat. 
uh, that whole experience of doing um, that particular commercial before you know the huge shutdown of um, of COVID. And so uh, I'm known as Kate from USAA. I do realize that it says uh, Kate was an army medic, which everybody knows me as an army nurse. But that's how you know you play so well when people actually think your middle name is Kate. And right. Question if you were an army medic before you became an army nurse. I'm like, right, but that's Kate's life. So I am Kate from USAA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is awesome. I mean, like, I mean, it's so different, you know, and and I when we were talking about it, you were saying, so you're, I mean, you're producing, you're, sounds like you're directing, you're acting. And you're like, you know, though, that MDMP from the military, <laughs> everything that we learned from planning to, you know, organizing, I, now I can't even, I, I'm getting brain farts of, of the whole strategic plan, but what you learned in the military, you took it into the acting world and, you know, and the benefits of being older, experienced, a professional, has helped you, I mean, find success in a very short amount of time. That's absolutely true. You know, what I found was that majority of the people I came across, especially in acting school and um, just different, um, different circles of friends that I would meet along the way, they were all mm-hmm. coming in fresh from high school, early 20s. You know, some of them already had their um, theater degrees from whatever prestigious colleges, but all very young. And I felt like, man, I'm coming late into the game, but it was helpful because, you know, in the army, you get told no all the time. You know, like, I just had a no face. So they're always like, no. And I was like, okay, cool. And so the rejection part doesn't bother me at all because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? No, really? That's it. Like, okay. You know, it, like it doesn't hurt me. And luckily, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coming from a place where I'm, you know, I'm I'm established and like financially, you know, I'm secure. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about that because in LA, people are relying on these, you know, um, waitressing jobs or like any kind of freelance jobs just to, you know, make, make it. it and I, I was fortunate to not have that kind of pressure. I had a lot of support, you know, from my family. So yeah, that planning, that army uh, planning, all those things, man, captain's career course. <laughs> like, you know, I, it makes me laugh now. Like even things I learned from ROTC, it, it makes sense. Backwards planning, like, duh, like, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> you know, And, and even organizing because producing, I mean, as a producer, you are thinking about the bigger picture. Um, mm-hmm. You are thinking about crafty and like what what foods, you know, yeah. you have food allergies. Like you have to think about like the most minute detail and, you know, how do you get funding? You know, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you write professional letters? All of those things came into play um, once you know, I started transitioning into becoming a producer. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, I, I, I made it a point to kind of make my own internship. Uh, and I just volunteered for everybody's projects. I was like, I'll be a PA, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll work for free. You know, right. I just want to learn, you know, because having that hands-on experience um, is crucial. 
you know, mm-hmm. like I'm starting from the bottom, like nobody knows me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I decided to get involved with the community. I took on the leadership position fairly early, like pretty much like my second meeting with um, this group called Phil I'm Creative, uh, which has been pretty much my LA family. Um, and, you know, it, it's working towards uplifting the diversity platform and and um, really coming together. And it's it's been a blessing. And I feel like all those times we've moved in the military, you know, you're like, where's my tribe? I don't know, you know, just trying to find that. And, and I was so fortunate to find those people right away. So that networking part of the military is really, really important. Learning to mm-hmm. almost like play politics, right? Because we always have to do that in and out of the hospital and getting to know different personalities. Because I'll tell you, you know, coming from a very science world of the army, you know, the army nurse corps to a very um, artsy type of world, it's very different. People think very differently and it's fascinating. And, and, um, and people, um, you know, I hope that they perceive me this way, but I think they just thought like, wow, she's so organized. And because we just think differently in a creative sense versus like a very science mm-hmm. background sense, like we have our checklists, you know, you just go down your, your list and you make sure you have these things and, and then you drive on. And so all those things that I learned in the military absolutely prepared me for a life in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> How many people can say that? prepared me for a life in Hollywood. <laughs> it did. Truly. And you know what? There are a lot of veterans who end up, you know, in Hollywood Wait, after leaving the military. Um, uh, Kylo Ren. Wasn't he a Marine? Yes, he was. <laughs> yes. That's the only one that yeah. comes by. <laughs> yes. He's a young guy. I was like, oh, he was a Marine. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really surprising who you find out who served in the military prior Uh and just doing something totally different. And, you know, I had an opportunity when I was at Fort Bliss to be in a feature film uh, starring Michelle Monaghan. It's called Fort Bliss. uh, And it's about um, a female soldier coming back from Afghanistan and the struggles of, you know, her civilian soon to be ex-husband, they have a child, they're just kind of decompressing, uh, coming back from, uh, from deployment. And how do you, how do you decompress? How do you compartmentalize all these things? Um, and so it, it's, it's just really interesting, um, you know, during that time, because everybody was like, you're so going to be Miss Hollywood. And, you know, and I was like, no, I'm going to be a general one day. Like, you need to calm down, you know, but, but that's the beauty of it. You know, the tragedy of what had happened and this horrible accident that I had to endure. It's like, God literally was like, you are so stubborn. I'm going to knock you off your feet until you listen. You will be redirected here. You know, it it was kind of like my, my uh, becoming a Phoenix you know, moment mm-hmm. right. where uh, right by fire and water and like, you know, my, my Phoenix rebirth of some sort. And I'm so glad for it because I don't think I would have focused so much on even our son, you know, our son and, and um, you know, and my husband, I don't think 
I don't think I was thinking in that sense where, you know, I wasn't as considerate as I probably could have been, you know, because you have to balance being mm-hmm. a wife, mother and, and service member, right. you know, and not necessarily in that order (laughs) (laughs) and it's a struggle but you gotta find a way to do it and and I think you know being redirected to something else Mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful thing I could have ever asked for Mm -hmm. I mean I've I've done like such cool projects you Mm -hmm. know and weird crazy things you know and and um even just like simple like background work which is like very like Oh, it's just background, you know. I mean, like I was on the set of Westworld, like it was so dope, guys. Like, like they gave me a weapon because I was a veteran. Like I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) But yeah, it's just having a whole different experience that we can appreciate. I mean, someone who's been, you know, I don't know, kind of not stuck behind walls, but yeah, we've been in a bubble, a military bubble. That's all we've pretty much known and seen. But to have these different experiences. I mean, it's just, it's, you just take it not for granted for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're doing things that bring you joy, mm-hmm. there's, there's, that's, it cannot be replaced by anything else, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and I was fortunate enough actually in a, a film festival in New York, um, I actually won best actress uh, for that film festival, which was like super, super neat. I wish I had flown out to New York for it because this is like right before COVID hit. And uh-huh. so, like, but I did it. it was, it's just so awesome to to know that you know you can still be driven and passionate and and um, striving for a totally different career and still get acknowledged. You know, uh-huh. um, for the work that you put in, and even though like you know it like I had been doing this for like three years, you know, or whatever. And, and then finally, like I, I got a big award and I know people who've been doing this for much longer and they haven't gotten, you know, that success. And a lot of people are like, well, who's your agent? And I, you yeah. know, I, I only recently got an agent here in Hawaii. Like I all in LA, it was all me because I figured, mm-hmm. well, I know how to read a contract. Like I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, And I right. did, you know, and, and so it, it's just, it's cool because I don't have a normal pathway of most actors because um, mm-hmm. I just purely didn't know what I was doing. Right. Yeah. It seems easy. Like me in this podcast, I'll figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we can't run the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you just don't know unless you try. Right. 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 And, right. and being a podcast host is an amazing thing because you get to interview all these people. You get to learn so much about them and yes. how they their places. It's it's a really neat thing. It I was a podcast great. host um for uh almost two years. Uh-huh. Um and then I was flying was back from Hawaii um going back to Los Angeles just to film over the uh-huh. weekend like back to back videos and and um and episodes and it was insane. We even did like Long Beach Comic Con um and it was just, it's such a cool experience because you just never mm-hmm. know what, um, you know, where your life will lead you. And right. after the accident, I've always kind of looked at it like, well, you know, it may not pay me a lot. Maybe it will, but I'm just going to go with it and see how it mm-hmm. goes. And if it's cool, it's cool. If, if not, I learned something, right? <laughs> so, right. It was fun yeah. while it lasted, but just taking the leap. Oh, well. That's a truly inspirational story for sure. Um, 
where if any of the listeners had like maybe they have a future in Hollywood or that's a goal of theirs, <laughs> how can they reach you for any questions? Yeah, so uh, you can reach me on uh, Instagram is probably the easiest way. And so my uh, entertainment uh, Instagram handle is at Arlene underscore Della Pena, which is spelled A-R-L-Y-N underscore D-E-L-A-P-E-N-A. Awesome. And any other words of advice um, that we didn't talk about that you can think of for the listeners? Be true to yourself. Awesome. And don't let other people tell you who you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It is. I know. All those evals, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I didn't hit the mark on that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, just be confident on who you are. And if you're still trying to figure out what that is, that's okay. As long as you are being true to yourself and honest with yourself, I think goes a long way. Because I think when people are trying to be things that they're not, you know, it, it doesn't come across as authentic and people can see right through that. You know, that's what I learned in acting actually is, you know, how do you persuade people? How do you, you bring this character to life? That's like not really you, you know, and you have to find a way to find that, that common bond. And if you can't, then that role is not for you, boo. (laughs) Like It's for someone else. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Don't force it. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't fight the universe and the universe is like, go this way. Like, don't be so stubborn. You're like, you know, I will, you know, like just, just go with the flow a little bit and don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. You know, everybody's so self-critical and you know, if you have like 20 tasks that you want to do in a day and you only get to two, at least it's two, you got two down. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's great words of advice for sure. Uh, I'm taking that by heart as well. So thank you. Thank you again for your time. Good luck with the upcoming births of your twins. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Oh my get some sleep, right. Some rest and thanks Arlene. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Wow. Isn't Arlene a firecracker? She is the extrovert to my introvert, and I am so excited to to watch her Hollywood career continue to take off. And actually, since we last recorded the interview, she's collaborating with directors, producers, actors, and actresses um, to raise money for a documentary of Filipino nurses. Uh, you can follow on Facebook group at Nurse Unseen Documentary or um, Instagram at Nurse Unseen to get more information. So please support our very own Arlene de la Pena Mendendorf. Otherwise, if you are enjoying the podcast, please comment and keep updated on the Military Woman and so much more Facebook group or at the Military Woman on Instagram. Also leave a review on whatever podcast or platform that you listen to. And as always, thank you for your support.